Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Welcome to It's Become a Whole Thing, a podcast that takes a highbrow look at the lowbrow trash we love. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and each week we'll tap into the cultural zeitgeist by looking at the best and worst moments of TV history. Because here, we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and how are you, my sweet trolls? How are you doing on this fine day? Um, are you up? Are you down? Are you sideways? What's up? How are you doing? I'm good. I mean, the sun is shining, and, you know, over here in, I'm going to say, like, the northern hemisphere, the very north, it, all it takes is the first sunny day to temporarily make me believe that I have never experienced depression in my life. Like, I'm truly, I'm like, I don't know her. Like, I'm good. I'm thriving. Always have been. It's a bit of a surreal week because it's currently t-shirt weather, but we're just a week out from having such a crazy ice storm that, I mean, over a million houses were without power and, and freezing cold. And I think that most of them just got them back, I think, two days ago. So, yeah, I guess... Much like us here at Whole Thing Laboratories, uh, Montreal also said we contain multitudes. So that is happening. This podcast is coming out Tuesday, April 11th, which is, uh, it's a day for me. It's uh, it's a sticky day. It's my mom's birthday, so I've been dreading it. But then I think I turned it around because, you know, it's not a fun day. It, it's sad for me. It's also like it coincides also with Passover. So it's like the holidays. So it's kind of like double sad. Um, but I decided to book the day off and fill it with a mix of treat yourself things and giving back things. Um, so my plan for the day is I'm going to give blood in the morning. I have an appointment booked for that. Then I'm going to go to the plant nursery and I'm going to get uh, lettuce seeds, uh, devil's lettuce seeds, flowers, all the good stuff. Uh, and then I'm going to get my nails done. Like, how good is this plan? I feel like it's like this one-two punch of like doing selfish things and then I don't want to say selfless. I don't want to be like, oh my God, I'm such a hero for giving blood. But it's one of those things where it's like it's been on my list for like years and I, I just – I've never done it, honestly. Um, my dad's given blood over a hundred times and it's one of those things like my doctor growing up told me not to give blood as a woman um, but then he also kind of like lost his mind later and had to like close his practice. 
So I'm going to take everything he said to me basically with a big grain of salt. I don't think that's like accurate by any scientific measure. So yeah. Yeah, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, I'm realizing how crazy that sounds. Uh, no women can give blood. Anyway, uh, <laughs> like, what were the 2000s? Anyone could just say anything. And like, we had the internet, but not to the extent we did now where we could just deeply fact check these things. And we would just, I don't know, listen to people in positions of authority and <laughs> take it in. What a time. What a wild time. Um, I made this Plenty of Blood um, actually inspired by my guest today. So we're not doing a recap of a TV show today because I have a very special guest. I have Jared Lipscomb on the pod today, and he's lived so many lifetimes. He's done so many things. Um, I just I had too many things to talk about to get to a show, Um, you know, he talked about surviving leukemia and the activism he does around that. Um, stories from his life as a celebrity makeup artist. Uh, we talk free Britney um, and all the conspiracies around her and about Perez Hilton. And, you know, we talked about his besties, the Vanderpump Rules folks and all that. Like we talked about Vanderpump Rules tea because he's been in the trenches with them. You know, he started off as a makeup artist became all of their close friends. We'll hear from him. But yeah, he got me um, inspired because his cause, and we'll talk about it in the episode, but I just want to plug it again here. His cause is in the US. It's this organization called Be The Match, um, bethematch.com. And you sign up to be a potential stem cell donor. So all you have to do is just sign up. Um, They send you a kit to swab your cheek and yeah, maybe months or years down the line, they could call you in to help save someone's life if you are um, a match. And um, in Canada, it's blood.ca where you can sign up. Uh, If you're between the ages of 17 and 35, you can sign up. I signed up. I've entered my info. I have a swab kit on its way. Um, Yeah, you just swab your cheek and that's it. And I'll link it there. Um, I, for a moment, I thought that there was no way to give blood in Canada because I was I was like, I went to go and, and sign up for this registry and I couldn't find it. So I emailed them and they're like, oh, everywhere in Canada is the same except for Quebec. <sighs> what else is new? Um, of course, Quebec has to be different. Quebec is the original pick me girl. Every service that is the same all across Canada, Quebec always has its own thing usually just out of spite. <laughs> I guess that's the place that shaped me. That's hema-quebec.qc.ca. Yeah. So all that will be in the episode description. Um, in this episode, I mean, we talk, you know, I'll give you a heads up. We talk about illness and things, but yeah, I mean, there's timestamps if you want to jump around as per usual. And yeah, on the Patreon, there's already, we already have it up. Um, there's a State of the Union episode about Taylor and Joe's breakup. We get into Gaylor news, our thoughts, rumors of her and Zoe Kravitz dating, just all that stuff. And other than that, um, I have my book coming out in two weeks. I got a physical copy. Um, I opened it up and I had a cute little mental breakdown. I've been telling myself for a year of this whole writing process that like it's really not going to feel real until I get a physical copy. Um, and so of course, as soon as I got a copy, I was like a puddle of tears. I just, it was like too overwhelming. Um, but 
Yeah, I got my little advanced copy. And um, if you pre-order yours, you'll get yours in two weeks. Um, If you are going to pick one up, pre-orders are pretty important. Um, They really help with the success of the book. So yeah, Um, maybe I'll post some preview pages on my Instagram uh, just to show you guys, like give you a little sample uh, of what's in the book because I don't know. I, it's pretty tongue in cheek. Um, it's a pretty nice little moment of catharsis. So I will post that. And yeah, thank you so much for the reviews. People have been reviewing the podcast. I love you all. Um, I love you all except for the one star reviewers. Um, I don't have love for you, but I wish you well. I wish you well in like a Gwyneth Paltrow wish you well kind of way. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know when she like ended her uh, her trial and she leaned over to the guy and said, I wish you well. Um, and it's like kind of like when Southern people say like, bless your heart. <laughs> like, it's like this passive aggressive way of saying fuck off. Um, yeah. So to those people, I wish them well. Um, to everyone else who's been supporting um, and subscribing to the pod and leaving a review. Thank you so much. Uh, You're helping this little dream move on forward. And yeah, that's about it. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, and we're back with Jared Lipscomb. Hello, Jared. Hello. (laughs) Hello. So normally off mic, I always ask my guests, like, how do you want to be introduced? Um, Because everyone wears so many hats, but you wear a lot of hats in particular. So I thought that I would hear from you yourself. Like, how do you introduce yourself and what you do? I mean, my goodness, what a a power play topic, you know? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what... I'm very big on not boxing myself into one category, which is why I think I can be like, you know, introduced as many things. I think that I'm very proud to be a young adult cancer survivor and advocate for this community that I did not know I was going to be a part of. Um, In 2019, I got diagnosed. So I think that's what I'm really proud to identify as. And, you know, I'm also a makeup artist, a drag artist, um, a writer. You know, I am a little bit involved in the Free Britney movement, if you want to go down that road. It's kind of funny because people are like, wow, you're really just like on top of pop culture stuff. And I'm like, well, the Britney thing was something I was passionate about already, you know, human rights, autonomy, whatever. And then everyone's like, oh, now you're involved in Team Ariana. I'm like, well, that's, you know, from Vanderpump Rules. That's one of my good friends. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the heck I am, but I'm still alive, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. You're just a multi-talented, multi-hyphenate. That's, yeah. Well, I'm definitely multi-hyphenate, not talented at everything, but I'm going to try it all, you know? Uh, absolutely. We don't box ourselves in here um, on this podcast. That's why, like, one week I'm talking about, like, cults, and the next week I'm like, let's talk about Jessica Simpson and newlyweds. Like, I, you know, we just like to keep it broad. Um, Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. This is a very pro-Aries podcast. Oh. Um, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Do you know your big three? Oh, I just went to an event and they told me and I wrote it down, but I forgot. Okay, I was just, I do like birth chart readings and I like, I'm super into that whole thing. That was just, I'm going off Would you know here. it if I just said it right now? Would you be like, oh, I could tell you? You know what? Let's let's talk. Let's talk after recording. Because if I get your birth date and location, I don't need your time. Well, I need your time of birth for your rising. But without your time of birth, I can get like most of the rest of your chart. Oh, my gosh. OK, well, yeah. I know what time I was born. So. Oh, my God. OK, well, yeah, 
we'll talk I, but i'm an aries <laughs> not a pisces so don't get confused no 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 no. usually usually i like to wait like an hour or two before talking to someone before i'm like birth chart what's your birth chart <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm like i'm normal oh but God. anyway <laughs> what time are you born um <laughs> so like i said there's many things um that you've done and that you're talented in and the first thing is just kicking cancer's ass and being a survivor and i would love to talk about that journey um it's something that i feel very connected to um i just feel really proud to see anyone doing advocacy work but especially someone like you that's like been in the fucking trenches and has come out the other side and now you're paying it forward um and i'm like where do i even begin because this is something that I want to hear it from you, but I know that when you are a survivor, like it's like ongoing. It's not just like, mm-hmm. oh, I survived and I'm done. Like <laughs> case closed, you know, like it yes. kind of like it shapes your identity. Yes. Even as much as I want to say, like, you know, nothing boxes me in. There are still limitations going on four years after my diagnosis and I'm fully in remission. I've had a transplant, you know several health things. I just had a hip replacement to correct some, uh, you know, issues from treatment that bothered my hip. So it's just, you know, it is, it is a, um, a roller coaster at first. And then it becomes, I don't know, maybe more of like a train ride where it's just like, Oh God, we gotta, gotta make these stops. It's less of the mountain, you know, the, the hills and the, you know, drops where you're scared to death, but it becomes more of like, Oh my God, I'm still on this train track. Okay. I'm glad it's not like going loop-de-loops, but you know, I would also like to very much get off at some point. So it's very, (laughs) it's something that I'm passionate about talking about because I do just think, especially for young adults, um, and I love that in the cancer community, you're a young adult from like 18 to 39, I believe it is, or 49 or some outrageous age grouping or whatever. Young man. (laughs) So I'm very youthful. And, um, but it's important. It's important to remember that, you know, because there's this myth of like, you beat cancer and then you're this like heroic, like, you know, we see that a lot, obviously, there's so many different types of cancers and there's so many different yes. people in the media who are kind of public facing that show like, you know, oh, I beat cancer and I celebrated by running a marathon. Well, that's just not everyone's story. And I'm very happy to be the one to chime in and be like, guess what? Like, I can't run a marathon. You know, I probably never will be able to because of my hip. Um, am I going to still try and still get better and still do stuff? Of course, but it's not the... It's just not linear. Healing's just not linear. And that has been such a hard thing for me to accept. And the more I accept it, the more that I want to be like to other young patients who, because we're young. So we are just like, okay, next thing, let's get to the next, you know, like, let's start our jobs, you know, my whole life shut down, and I'm just ready to get it back. And it's like, oh, my gosh, and I'm now I'm having a flare up of something related to my transplant, very minor in the scheme of what I've been through. But not minor enough where, you know, it's still affecting how I live my day to day life. So it's been a journey. It's been a ride. And I'm happy to remind people that it's not easy when it's done and remind people that, you know, there's a lot of space out there for children with cancer, obviously very deservedly so. And, you know, like especially I was diagnosed with leukemia, which affects usually adults 65 and older. Um, so I definitely felt a little bit of kind of like, oh, where do I where do I fit in? You know what I mean? So I'm happy to be able to kind of just being able to share stuff publicly on social media, even with just like a slightly, you know, just a slightly larger platform or whatever, being able to connect. And that's just like been the best part. But also, you know, it's just been like, 
drilling it into people's minds. Like, yes, I know I'm four years out from my diagnosis and remission, but like, you know, I still wake up days where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am having side effects. So it's just a journey and a half. It's a journey and a half. And like someone has to be out there making hip replacement sexy. And so if you have to take that on, like... I did. I did personally (laughs) take that the weight of the hip replacement community on. (laughs) But yeah, you're so right. You know, like you hear about like, you know, these horrifically tragic stories of kids um, and you think of like older people, but like there's not a lot of representation for um, people like our age. You and I are the same age, actually. So like, yeah. young adults youthful (laughs) yeah and you know it's so interesting i have a very very um i think pretty unique perspective on the whole cancer journey because in 2020 i lost my mom to cancer but before that she had actually worked her whole career with cancer patients as a social worker so she basically yeah and at the hospital that she was at it was a lot of um like immigrants and low-income families and she would be helping them through basically their illness, but all the other issues that come along with like not being able to like work and um, like the effects on caregivers. And she was actually doing research, like qualitative research on the effects on caregivers. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. She did two studies actually that were published, which is so interesting because she said basically all the research um, is there for like kind of the science of it, like the physical side of it, which is obviously very valid, but like there's not a lot of research on the emotional component which is huge and i'm sure as you know like really involves like a village like all the people in your life i mean my parents moved here it started off temporarily but then the pandemic happened you know and so it was just like all right they live here now so yeah it's wow that's incredible your mom her work what she focused on especially you know i have such a soft spot for my mom as my caretaker and just i can't imagine that means just that work is so important and caretakers are another group that I love to advocate for because it's just like basically shouting out my mom all the time. But yes, it's so, it takes a village. I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, that's, I mean, gosh, she works in the cancer field and then yeah, what are the chances? That's so horrible. I hate cancer so much. It's just, I know it's such a little bitch. I know the whole time during your illness, she was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) you know, we were just turning to each other being like, ugh. Um, I actually, Okay, I actually have a story that I'll tell you that I've told on the Patreon before. I've never told it on the main podcast before. Um, but Ooh, still it. Yeah, it's kind of like this magical story actually involving one of your besties, Ariana, um, from Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, so basically 2020, we all know what happened. March of 2020, the world shut down. April was when my mom was like, oh, she thought she had a stomach ache, went in, maybe thought kidney stones. Turned out it was very rare gallbladder cancer. We found out that she had basically between two months to a year to live. So it was like the big C of 2020 for me was not COVID. It was this. Um, and it wasn't even really like a, something I thought about too much. I just like packed my life up. Um, and I just I had my dog, my car. So I kind of just I just drove across the country I sold my shit. I packed what I could in my car and I went to go spend time with her and take care of her during this. But I didn't know anyone in my life who had dealt with this with a parent or lost a parent. And I thought of my comfort show, Vanderpump Rules, and I thought of Ariana, who she dealt with this on screen and she didn't, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, like, but she wasn't 
bringing people down with her. Like I knew that my support system was going to be really important to me, but I didn't want to like make everyone a therapist full time for me. Totally, you know, totally. So she was really kind of like this beacon of like hope, like, okay, she can get through it. I can too. Sam, who is my bestie and often co-host on the show, actually got me a cameo right before I took that drive across the country from Ariana being like, hey, Emily, like, you know, you got this. And yeah, she tried not to trauma dump on Ariana and like the description of like what this is about. But it was just like, you know, it was like very brief. And she was like, I wish you so much luck. And I could just like feel this energy. It was like, it actually made me cry. It was so moving. And it was actually something that like, I played it like on my journey, just being like, okay, like, People believe in me. And then like fast forward like two years later, I actually ended up getting to like tell her this story in person. You did? I was going to be like, I got to tell her, but. Well, I, t- <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> I ran into her Coachella and I, I didn't want to like hold a dead mom card because it like kind of brings people down. Like, no, um, I just didn't want to like. Me, I know a thing or two about, you know, bringing up like, <laughs> oh, first date. What do you want to talk about? My cancer or my transplant during the pandemic? Yeah, I'm scared away first dates be like, so what? What are you up to? I'm like, why'd you move back here? I'm like, ah, we'll talk about this later. Um, yeah. So like, I tried, I tried to tell the most like sanitized version of it to her, like you know where I could not bring the party down, but be like, you meant like so much to me and got me through this. Um, or you were one of the you know many people that helped get me through this, and it was just it was really beautiful. And like since then, you know, like on things about my book, she like just comments these like supportive things, and she's like, millions of people are gonna buy your book. Like just I don't know, I've gotten this little glimpse of just how amazing Ariana is to just the people in her life. She's a real one, and that that story just checks out so much. Like you know, obviously before everything that went down happened, we would go out and you know at least once a night, I want to say one person would come up to her and not trauma dump. And she handles it. You know, Ariana's such a sweetheart and so gracious and so genuine and kind that she really takes the time unless obviously, like we're fully partying and not there, you know, but, (laughs) but I say it happens not maybe once every time we hang out, but enough where I've noticed I'm like, wow, you know, reality TV gets knocked, obviously, but I'm like, through all the mess, there's some goodness in that, you know what I mean? And that's really nice that people can find I guess her light in the show that's, you know, about, I mean, they're my friends, so it's hard to say, but like people always say, it's like a show about like shitty people trying to get famous or whatever, you know, like back in the day when it started off, they're all working at a restaurant trying to get discovered or whatever. But um, yeah, that's just such a nice reminder that, you know, like, well, first of all, that Ariana is a real person and also just speaks to her genuine nature. So genuine. And okay, I just briefly want to go back to what you talked about, like first dates and I actually heard you on Ryan Bailey a little while ago and yes. you mentioned um, that a couple months into your journey with cancer, your asshole of a boyfriend dumped you. I'm like, fuck him. And I just thought of actually, I was also dumped like two months after my mom died. And I'm just like, man, you know what? These types of experience, obviously our two experiences are completely different, but like you really see like what people are made of in your life. You absolutely do. You know, it's so funny when I describe my, I try to be very careful because I'll get mad and then I'll bring up that my ex in a very, I probably brought it up in a vicious way on Ryan and oh, I'm feeling sorry. a little more peaceful today. My words were asshole. You actually were very diplomatic. Uh, okay. I'm being fired up. I get because like very... I want to say this because I just don't want people to be like, oh, well, you know, we were, but here's the thing. We were together three years. We had moved in on the third year. And then at the end of this third year, I get sick. So then 
he does that thing. What's that called? Like soft quitting or whatever. So he starts soft quitting my relationship or our relationship while I'm getting chemo. And so then he goes off to Paris, you know, like as I'm getting induction chemo. So to me, I'm like, there's one thing to not be able to be able to be like, oh, we're only been together for three years. Like I did not sign up for this. You know, like that's fine. I get it. I mean, it's shitty still. But what really bothered me with him is he stayed around for that first two month period, but not enough where it would like impact. It was just enough to stress me out. Like, why did my boyfriend never stay the night with me once at the hospital? You know, never mm-hmm. once. And I didn't think of things like that because I was such a family guy and I loved my mom so much. I loved my mom being there. But when he finally pulled the trigger when I was home in between chemo, he told me, I meant to do this in June, you know? And I was like, oh my God, you know, so fuck that. And um, like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's like, I get, you know, if I started dating someone new and they're like, I just found, you know, I have some grace for that, but the way he went about it was very bad. And I'm so grateful that he wasn't a part of any of my successes because he missed it all. So he was just there for that shitty, scary couple of first months. And then he was gone. And now like the rest of my story is like this positive, ongoing, but positive story. And, you know, karma has its weird way of working itself out. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, so. And here you are, you know, surrounded by an amazing network of people, which it's really nice to see and you know yeah I I mean I also I was carried through my experiences by the people in my life like my friends really are my family and they got me through it and I'm like you know all right good riddance to the guy who broke up with me who also wanted to be internet famous haha <laughs> not that I'm famous but I do have a little little platform and see, that's what I'm talking about karma so my <laughs> ex turns out he kept it kind of secret and this is also shows how shady he was but he was like a huge Bravo-holic or whatever, but kept it super under the radar to me because, you know, I was already working with a few people from Bravo, not for the Vanderpump Girls yet. And I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. Out of nowhere, this, you know, I, he was an odd bird. And I just, I, you know how you can just justify weird things, but that's that karma again. And I'm not saying like that I'm happy that, you know, anything that's going on with Bravo right now, whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, Ariana would come over and Ariana knew him and stuff. So it's, I'm sure it's very difficult for him to realize like, you know, oh, there's Jared in the back of that paparazzi shot. Oh, there's Jared, you know, like, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's not the best example saying that. No, it is. No, no, no. With Ariana's pain. But I'm saying like, I know I'm on next week's episode of the show. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's a little, just a little karma. It just feels a little karmic justice. Like, ha 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 ha. I know you love that I did Bravo and you wanted to be a part of it. And now you thought because I got sick, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, but I got to do a lot of therapy to unpack that because that was definitely, you know, that was probably one of the most traumatizing parts of my battle was getting dumped two months into my cancer journey. So these are the nuances of the types of stories that I want to talk about. Like, I really, um, I kind of like hold back from talking about my story because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be depressing to people. But like, I have a way of talking about it that's not like so depressing, but I find these things so interesting because that's so common and you just don't hear about it. Like the overall like story of people having cancer is like, it's almost like this 90s feel good movie or something where it's like, oh, like kind of like sepia tone, but like really that is more common than not. Like people getting abandoned. Yeah. So. And I had no clue and you never think it's going to be your person or the one who, you know, you're like, yeah, I've heard about those shitty people. And then it has to really, you know, it's like, oh my God. So now I'm looking at death's door with this cancer diagnosis while also going through heartbreak 
Although blessing in disguise, I was so focused on the heartbreak that the first month of like induction chemo, which is, you know, very intense and very difficult. Yeah. Was, um, was made a little better by the fact that I was more focused on my shitty ex, which shows how big the heart can, you know, hurt and how powerful the heart can be as a, as its own entity, you know, cause I was barely able to lift my arms up. But when I did, it was to flip the double bird to that <laughs> motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? Like, look, I, we both understand like the best revenge is living well, but be a little, have your little moments like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of like Vanderpump rules, I found that really interesting what you mentioned briefly about how like, so Ariana and quite a few members of the cast are your good friends. And I thought it'd be interesting, like, what your thoughts are on, like, there's this show that, you know, basically, in a lot of ways, the worse their lives are doing, like, the better the show does. And I'm interested, like, in your perspective of that as, like, both, you know, a viewer of the show and very much behind the scenes, you know, in it with them. Yeah, I, yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) There is, it's a lot. I mean, it's complicated and it's hard because, you know, what the scandal, if you will, drama uh, or betrayal and everything with it is so raw and real and hurtful and painful that it is so hard for me as a friend who, you know, Ariana was one of those people that would come to my apartment after my ex left me and she would sit there on the air mattress because I couldn't walk down to the to the bedroom or whatever. So it's so hard for me to separate and kind of be like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's always been that vibe, like for previous seasons, like, we got to fight, we do our thing, you know, it's like, and there's real shit that happens, you know, like, I remember doing Stassi's makeup in season eight, before her book signing thing at Tom Tom, and then Tom Sandoval went crazy. That really all was real. Like, I was doing her glam, and he was like, blowing her up being like, you're I'm canceling your fucking event. Like, so that kind of drama, you're just like, Okay, well, he's being crazy, but like, that's good drama. Like, obviously, it's stressing Saucy out that she knows production's not going to cut down a production day because of this kind of drama. But when you get into these real feelings of people and these real life situations, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to process. I don't know exactly how to. Sometimes I have to kind of, you know, especially with all the stuff that happened with um, Scandival, I had to really kind of be like, mute some bravo accounts it was hard to see a lot of like the kind of jokey memes even though they were all you know they weren't pro any of uh tom or rachel but just seeing like the jokey memes about them it's like very hard for me to say ah ha let me laugh at how stupid they look you know smoking cigarettes out on the reunion i mean they looked absolutely stupid but it's so hard for me to also know like what was said at that reunion and all that other stuff that it's just like oh you know like and then i have that very you know where i'm very loyal which i think is uh why i've i work with the same people when i was doing makeup a lot is because like i'm just very much like oh if you call me for makeup i'll be there i love working with the same people that's my vibe i hate like not hate but you know doing new people is like way more stressful it's like very nice to go back and do the same people so i don't know this has just been like unlike anything that we've experienced you know and i've been with the show i think since season six um, right after Brittany, who's also a good friend, got back with Jax after that very public cheating thing, you know, on the yeah. show. I don't know. It's just it's a mind fuck a lot of ways, because when things get really real like this, because you know, I helped. I mean, not helped. I did glam for both Ariana and him for their book that he, you know, forced himself into and everything. But <laughs> so it's weird because it's like 
I mean, I think I've said this before, but it's like, I didn't think like, oh, that Tom's a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think anything like that. So I don't know, just a mind fuck because it's like, you already know, like, all right, I get it. You know, I've seen Jax hype up his personality, like on camera. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen them all do that. And this whole Scandal thing is just like, it's just so real. It's just heartbreaking. And I feel like, you know, everyone, the focus is Ariana because she's the one who's been like double betrayed by someone who's, she's defended so hardcore in Rachel and then you know her common law husband essentially nine years together so just to see that you know and the betrayal but from the entire cast feels you know like I was talking to Sheena um she's since told this story in it publicly but I was talking to her and you know she had tears in her eyes as she was telling me my friend Jana about how at some point Raquel or Rachel whatever you want to say she alluded to something and Sheena was like you know she was like you need to you need to pull it together, Rachel. Like, because at the time, it, there was already rumors going around, but it was that Rachel was just kind of a fangirl. Obviously, we knew the fangirl thing, but like that she really was just like a hardcore kind of groupieing for one of the Toms. And we weren't really sure which one it was. But this betrayal, I mean, she was, it, it's just so fucked up. Like it has just affected every single member of this cast. And then the periphery, you know, some of Ariana's close friends like Logan and Brad were always with Tom and Ariana together. And oftentimes with Rachel too. So it's just the next level of yeah the last time when i was in la i saw ariana with brad and i just like i felt the love like i don't know they're everyone loves their friends but there's different levels of like loyal like protective friends and like i really get that like i i know when this was first breaking out and like i think someone in my life was like oh like um Logan commented like oh these subhumans and they were like whoa that's a really intense thing I'm like I would be like right there like if I'm ever booked for murdering someone it'll be because they've wronged one of my friends like I I go blackout for those types of things and I was saying to them like they were all friends so like you and everyone in that crew like you guys are have been betrayed too because you've all been lied to to your faces yeah it's just yeah it's just a weird thing because it's like we were all in Mexico and Sheena's wedding together last year. Like, so you just start thinking like, what the fuck? And I'm like thinking like, okay, I was doing bridesmaids or helping with the bridesmaids makeup in the suite. And it's like, she's just there getting ready right next to our, and it's just like, and this is all going down. I just, I can't, I still haven't as someone who's obviously, I saw the process of my own breakup from fucking 2019, this whole thing. I, and just either as a viewer or just as Ariana's friend, it's like, holy shit, this is so messed up. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously I know they've signed up to be on this show and like they know that, you know, we're not signing up to watch them like just have picnics and like, you know, braid each other's hair. But at the same time, it's like she didn't sign up to be on like national news for. I read. Yeah, I read. I think it's the Times or I can't remember which one it is, but it's like I read their like entertainment section to get my Oscar update. And all of a sudden it's like, have you heard about Scandal, a breakdown of what's going on in the Bravo TV network? And I'm like. Oh my God. And you know, the way they refer to Ariana, it's like, I'm like so happy for her in one way. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're in your like slay queen era. But then at the same, but it's like, at what cost? You know, your entire, everything you knew just, you know, crumbled around you in a sense. And I, of course, some of this is like my own, uh, you know, emotional projection onto Ariana of like, you know, I just want to protect her and just feel like, you know, it is shitty when it's like, I mean, not that other people deserve it more than others, but like, had it happened to Melania Trump, I just don't think that many people would have cared, you know, or a bong. <laughs> but so I'm just saying, you know, it's just been a fuck up. It's just been really 
you know, I mean, I don't want to say it's like hard for me. I mean, it's hard just because like, you don't want to see any of your friends ever have to go through this kind of pain. And I think just the, the bold face lies, like the reunion, the stuff that's coming out from the reunion, because I was, you know, obviously hanging with them afterwards. And, you know, I can't like say specifics because they'll like, they can't even say specifics, but, but it's going to be, it's wild. Like, because, you know, they didn't allow makeup artists there. They like closed the set completely. Usually they have us there, but we're in like a room with just a monitor and you can't have sound. But this time they were like, no, we're hiring two touch-up artists that have worked with like Bravo for forever. They didn't even get any credit for being a part of the show because they had to like NDA their lives away. And yeah, it's like so locked down because of what, you know, wow. because of the drama of it all. But it's going to be unreal. Like you, like it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. The layers to this, you know, like I'm the like pop culture girly in a lot of people's lives who like they don't keep up with it. So if they ever have like a question, they're like, okay, what's going on with like Selena Gomez or whatever. Um, So when this was breaking out, like I had some DMs that were like, can you just explain this like in a nutshell? And I'm like, look, in a nutshell, someone cheated on someone else. Okay. That is the one line explanation technically of what this is but there's actually 10 years of shit that the world has seen play out that like i can't in a dm okay like just watch the show from season one like i don't know what to tell you but yeah i remember reading reviews when i first started working on the show i remember being like what is this show about like because i didn't get it quite at the time because i'd never seen it obviously like i'm the same age as the people and i've said this before like i moved to la in 2012 when the show was debuting I was working in a restaurant. I couldn't afford cable. So my knowledge of like Lisa Vanderpump kind of stopped after season two or season three or before Vanderpump Rules like existed. Like when I was watching with my mom the last year before I, you know, Kim Richards was still on it, Adrian Maloof, the whole nine yards. So, but I remember looking it up and being like, what is this? You know, and like I would see some reviews calling it like the most Shakespearean tragic comedy of all reality TV shows and like the most perfectly... I mean, they would just say the craziest stuff, you know, but the most perfectly fucked up cast and just like all these insane things. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't get this vibe from these girls that I'm working with. Then I saw the show and I was like, oh, I got it. Um, but even still, like you said, this whole story, this scandal breaking thing is just it's not like anything they've seen. And it's so funny because they're like, it's a return to form for the show, which is like, yeah, I get it. Like in the beginning, everyone's cheating on everyone. And in a way, it is a return to form. But it's just like, whoo. We did not know Tom and Raquel were just going to light matches with gasoline and just be like, okay. When we first met, this doe-eyed chick was like, I'm a model. Like, we did not. No one saw this coming. It's like, you know, I think anyone who had seen her episode one that she first appeared would have thought that she'd be like, you know, there for a couple episodes, there and gone, you know, a blip in the radar. But no. It's so much deeper. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about how... So you are connected to this world by... I mean, first and foremost, you started off as the makeup artist um, for these gals. And just in general, you're like, you are a celebrity makeup artist. Um, And I read Jen Atkins' memoir um, about Mm -hmm. being like celebrity hairstylist. And she talked a lot about like how to be successful in the industry. And a lot of it was just basically like just be a good person. Um, You know, and she talked about how when you're doing people's hair, you know, you see over their shoulder, like you're not trying to spy, but you, they're on their phones. You are privy to like so much. You're right there. And she talked about how like, basically you have to like, just keep your mouth shut. Like, don't be gossipy, like earn people's trust. And I imagine it's very similar for a makeup artist. Yeah. Oh, very similar. Yeah. And you know, so every so often people will give me shit because, you know, this is a very involved community, the Vanderpump Rules stand community. There's Reddit and all sorts of things. And 
accounts and stuff. And so I'll get shit for going on podcasts. Like, wait, aren't you a makeup artist? But the thing is, is um, I do agree with what Jen says in that book that it is about um, being a genuine and good person. Oh, um, but you're not, you're not going on podcasts to say like secrets that they don't want oh, to reveal. Yeah, nothing to do with like the makeup jobs. I mean, I will, but you know, like if they <laughs> piss me off enough. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that definitely takes a key, but there's a special bond because I would say like even Jen Atkin, she has her clients that she's super close to where she's not just quietly keeping her mouth shut where it's like, you know, who does she work with the most with Kim? Yeah, just the Kardashians and Chrissy Teigen. Oh yeah, and Chrissy. Um, And so I'm sure she's not just sitting there silently. Obviously Kim wouldn't have her for 10 years or 15 years around the, you know what I mean? So, but there is very much power in being genuine and being loyal and showing that you are not going to run and tell secrets, especially it's almost worse in the, non-A-list community, if you will, because in this world, they're so used to having, quote, friends run to, you know, Radar Online or Us Weekly or whatever, and for 400 bucks, spill a story, you know what I mean, of nothing. And it's like, and why did why did this fake friend do that? You know what I mean? So there is, I want to say almost like an extra set of loyalty, or maybe it is equivalent to like an A-list loyalty where it's like, you know, that they, you know, have their ears pinned back and all those secret things that you keep hidden when you're doing their hair and all that stuff. I don't know. But um, for me, I don't necessarily agree about like staying quiet. I, when you're new, obviously on a job, stay quiet. But like my brand and bread and butter has always been returning clients and that kind of vibe of like, I've never been the makeup artist unless you need me to be to be like, okay, here's my ideas. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. My, I come in from a very place of like, what are you thinking? Like, what's the vibe? How comfortable do you want to be? You know what I mean? So there's different ways of how to be, you know, a professional in that in the glam space. But I will say it's not glamorous. You know what I mean? Like, that's the big myth is everyone wants to be like a celebrity hair and makeup artist because they see Chris Appleton, who's like also a model. You know, it's like, he's not just a hairstylist, by the way. He's literally getting gigs from like, you know, designers to pose. So his life is not the best one to compare it to. And Makeup by Mario is not the best makeup artist to compare it to. But so literally the two most famous, you know, hair and makeup people because of the girls they worked with. So there's no real secret anymore. You know, it's like you really have to love it and you really have to accept. I think the biggest uh, reminder someone told me is like, uh, who I trained under, you are the help. You know, he's like, don't forget you're the help. You're not one of the celebrities. You're not. And see, and that's been a big problem with people like Tokyo Styles, who used to do, maybe he still does, but did... um. Kylie Jenner's wigs and things. And, you know, there's a lot of the, I've seen it because I used to work with Beauty Econ a lot. And um, I was like the resident in-house makeup artist, but I would see the influencers come and go. And this young generation's got, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's so much kindness and stuff, but a lot of these young influencers that were get, trying to get into that space were very cunty and very like, you know, and I just don't think that's the way to approach any job or anything that you want to do. Um, also it's so stupid, like to try to, you know, whatever the case is to try to make yourself look stuck up, like what's the point of that? You know, like you just make yourself look embarrassing to everyone. Like, and no one at BeautyCon wants to work with you anymore, even though business went out anyways. But yeah, I mean, glam is a weird job. Glam <laughs> isn't that glam job. a lot of the glam time. Isn't that glam? But then you get these moments where you just have, I mean, like, had I not met all these girls, like they are some of my closest friends. Not everyone I've worked with. Um, but specifically this cast, you know, just being with them so frequently, it's, it's weird. It's special. It's weird. It's confusing. It's crazy. It's hectic. Yeah. But most of all, it's good to know that I have friends that I can rely on. So that's really a good feeling. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah, and like your closest friends are like the ones that I think are like the best, the sweetest, like, you know, (laughs) you've worked with all of them, but like, those are the real, just like, I don't know, souls of the earth kind of people. Like, you know, your Britney's, your Ariana, your Sheena's. And yeah, you've worked on all of them. Have you done Rachel's makeup? No, I never have. No, actually. Lucky me. Somehow that never happened. (laughs) No, I started off doing touch-ups for them all. And it was before she was even on the cast. So, I mean, if she was, she wasn't. She wasn't cast. She was just dating James. But I don't think she was at this point when I met them all. But yes, I met them all doing touch-ups. So I... For a two-day period, I met all of them. And from that moment was like, you know, I kind of pulled one of my little like, hey, you know, like if you need a makeup artist, here's my card kind of vibe. And they were just blowing up. It was like that season six premiere Mm -hmm. blow up. And they were like, oh, okay. And it was just one of those things. It was like, they didn't realize, because that was, it's so funny because like, you know, people say Vanderpump Rules is over. And it was like back then in season six, like it was back on top of the world. That was when like Rihanna was posting about it and started following Katie and just like all this crazy stuff was going on and like social media and A-listers being obsessed with it. But um, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't even have, like, I don't, I'm just like so engrossed in like your story. I'm like here for like, I'm here for all of it. No, like, okay, everything you said checks out. And like, actually it's what, Jen talked about basically all throughout her memoir was like, put your ego aside. She talked about like, you know, the tendonitis, the long hours, like all the like non-glamorous parts of it. Um, and like when I talk about like being quiet, I'm talking about like not selling stories, you know, to TMZ yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit. Like you're allowed to be human and like talk about your life and your work, like, you know, but it's like my impression of what you talk about is like you know in the back of your head or you've checked in personally that like what you're saying publicly and on podcasts and whatever is like the girls are all good with it you know it's nothing that you wouldn't say to them or or whatever and that's just like you know going back to just be a good person like yes yeah I mean like obviously this could be a whole stick that anyone could do that works with them like oh my gosh let me tell you who you know let me rank my favorites and tell you this and that and it's but you know what benefit does that, you know, you yeah. get a couple clicks for a day or something. It's just so, you know, well, there's lots of people that can like, you know, do a nice beat and whatever, but you ultimately want to have someone with, they're going to be around you for hours a day and like in your face, you know, who you actually want to be around you. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, I usually show up to this podcast or like any video recording in like full gremlin mode. I feel like I was subconsciously motivated by you being on. Like I have a little, little light beat everyone on always says that that they put me and i'm always like that's so crazy because i always show up like well since my hip replacement especially i'm always in bed you know because it's harder to sit at the chair for a longer period of time so i'm like 
always just rolling into bed for these podcasts. Oh, yeah. Well, I also have to record some videos after this to promote my book. I didn't have to do makeup for them, but like I set the bar like very low. Like I record, you know, my videos like first thing in the morning, not like, oh, my God, guys, sorry, I look like this, like actually looking rough. Um, So I was like, why don't I just like try to switch things up and like catch people's attention by actually like, you know, doing a little look. Um, Okay, this is the last question I have about the whole makeup artistry of it all. What is the most starstruck you've been either in a client or just someone you've met like through being in this industry? Mm. if you're starstruck maybe you're just like you know men for this no i do and... get starstruck but i get starstruck by the weirdest people and i haven't worked a lot with i want to say like eight because obviously like if they were if somehow they were like nicole kidman needs you to come do it i would be like oh my goodness i'd be so starstruck but i never met her but i will tell you who i got the most starstruck in front of this is so on brand too is parasol and i didn't do her makeup but i met her and i was in drag kind of doing like a parasol and well, I knew she was going to be at the Lady Gaga concert. And me and my friends always dress up for Lady Gaga concerts here in LA. And then one of the paparazzi told me that Paris Hilton was coming to the Lady Gaga show. So I dressed up as Paris Hilton. And then when I thought I was going to like be in drag, be all sassy and like, and then when I met her, it's literally just me being like, oh my God, Paris, you're so beautiful. You are so beautiful. And she's like terrified. And which <laughs> my thing, like I love... I mean, I've lived several lives, but back in the day, I would run around with the paparazzi. They didn't like that I was there, but they just had to deal with it because like spaces are public or something. So I would just always follow them around. And me and my friend, you know, we're in our 20s. We had nothing to do. I was working three days a week at a restaurant. And the rest of the time, I was just out on those streets being like, I don't really know what I was doing, to be honest. It was just like, I was just having fun. But Paris Hilton, I was just like, oh my God. And she got out of her car. And this is 2013 or 2014 because it was like the art pop ball or whatever. Um, and she got out of her car and it just like smelled of marijuana just like floating out of her big black SUV. I wasn't even going to say anything to her. I was just like, I, I was just in the background just being like, oh my God. And finally when the paparazzi was like, Paris, this guy, or this guy, this, uh, whatever they referred to me as in my giant drag, they're like, look, he has a shirt of you on. Like he's one of your biggest fans. And she stopped when they said that. And she was so sweet and took like a billion pictures of me and my friends. And um, yeah, that was the most starstruck I've ever been because she's just like unreal. But she's had so many encounters with people where it's like, it's just wild. Like one of my friends was a waiter and she came in and she was doing shots and her shot got cold. And then she just was like, I'm so sorry, my shot got cold. And then she just gave my friend $300 and was like, can I get another one? Like right now we're about to take the shot. She's like so cool, like in the weirdest way. Like, they didn't have um, vodka at this tequila event specifically. And I don't know why she was there. And I don't know why I was there. And she shows up. And I heard this story after the fact. But one of the bartenders was my friend's. And he said, when she was like, where's the vodka? We don't have any. He's like, I do have a like a half a fifth in my trunk for my last job. And she was like, do you mind? And he comes back with like this shit, you know, what is a pop-off or some some shitty thing. And makes her these drinks or whatever. 500 bucks. Like, she just is very aware, like, who she is. And she needs to tip appropriately from that. So I love her to death. But also makes me so nervous because she's so confident. She's so cool. I know she can be problematic or whatnot. But I feel like she's done a pretty good job of coming back around. And she's been through so much that, you know, we can't, you know, our society has a little bit of a problem. Like, not letting people move forward and grow, especially if they're women. So I appreciate all the work she's done for, you know, the youth and stuff in recent years, like the Provo Youth Schools. But back then, whew, I was just starstruck to see the blonde princess in real life for the first time. 
Because you know, yeah. simple life raised me. I was just like, oh, I, mean, oh, I got yeah. fired from the library at college because I always wore a name tag that said Paris and made my BFF wear one that said Nicole. And they'd be like, take <laughs> that name tag off. And then finally we got fired for running around singing Sanasa, Sanasa at the top of our lungs. <laughs> but, Look, they didn't understand culture. Um, no. That's on them. Okay, my my mind is blown right now because I had an in real life parasiting. I didn't meet her, but I saw her in person like, because when I was at Coachella last year, um, I was there with a friend who was performing. She was one of the artists. Oh, and so wow. we went to, yeah, yeah. And so we went to get um, like her artist wristband um, and we were about to walk in and like, it was like so quick, like Paris Hilton was leaving um, that room and it was like all the blood drained from my body because she was in a tracksuit. She's in a juicy tracksuit and she was holding a little dog. And I was like, like yeah also raised by the simple life i mean most of this show is about early 2000s reality shows and i like i did a death grip on my friend's arm because i didn't want to be like it's paris like you know she's like we're in a narrow hallway um and so i didn't want to like accost her like so close up um and then we went into the room and everyone was like mind blown because first of all they were like she was so nice to everyone but there was Mm -hmm. a guy who had been in there wearing a paris hilton t-shirt and she was like oh my god like they had this whole moment like taking photos so like she just (laughs) she's just having these experiences but she's awesome and she's just one of those people who realizes like which is wild because she's not a pop star which i always say like pop star fans are like the ones that really need to be fed but she keeps her fans so like i don't know she's just so wonderful like at least in the fan interaction world. So I love her. Um, okay. Speaking of fans, like, look, everyone has their favorite girlies and I respect everyone's choices. Um, but to me in my world, like Britney fans are elite. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously like, yes, we're trying to keep a, a no judgment zone here, but like I hold, <laughs> I hold them in high esteem. Um, and you, my friend are a key, um, an early member of the Free Britney movement, which yes. I love. Um, I actually, I don't know when we like started following each other, but I accidentally sent Bian on your way. Like I triggered them, <laughs> like on TikTok. Um, which you know, sorry about that. Um, but I remember reaching out to you at the time, be like, "Oh my god, do you want me to take this down?" Um, I was just repeating what you had said, which is being sick and tired of all of the misconceptions about Britney. And you were like, she's going through mental health issues, okay? Um, I know, and- people act like I told, was like, she's secretly Bigfoot, don't, and I have the pictures. It's like, you guys, do you think, like, I just broke some riveting new news that Britney Spears might have a mental health condition? They're like, literally, like, people Do you not to- see what she's been through? Like, they're literally, oh. like, people need to listen to themselves because they're like, obviously mental health is the most impossible outlandish answer like obviously she's been body snatched and replaced by an animatronic robot and i'm like listen to yourself like if you haven't had your own mental health crisis great i'm sure someone in your life has like (laughs) how is that not believable it's so wild to me the theories are they still going at it on tiktok about theories I don't know. Because I've removed I, myself from that, from them, because it's just too much. It's just, it's very um, negative. It's very, like I said about Paris Hilton, it's anti-women. It's all, yes. the, the BNON, QAnon overlap is so creepy. It's so freaky that they, like, they so badly want to connect this to be like, 
Hollywood is this evil blood. What's that thing that, that a word that they're obsessed with from baby's blood? Oh yeah, like, like um, like, thing, like that spinal chroma, fluid or whatever. Yeah, like yes, and they want to try to make this like a Hollywood story so bad, and it's like you guys, it was her corrupt alcoholic father from Louisiana who was doing what his dad did to his grandma or to you know James's grandma, which was get her committed and put her on a ton of lithium. It's yeah. like this is a generational weird Southern gothic family tale this isn't a hollywood elite tale and even the the woman who's their business manager who is now working with j-lo and kardashians lou taylor lou taylor the devil the devil herself she only got any of that because she was credited at the time for reviving britney's career alongside her father not realizing that what she actually did was fund her father to be able to get her into a conservatorship illegally without any due process so that way she couldn't fight the conservatorship and then that's why we were stuck in this for the last 14 years whatever yeah so honor of a lifetime to be part of the free britney movement um obviously no idea that you know i mean i i had talked to people who'd been part of her team and this is the one thing that i get when i hate when people want to you know throw out sam Ascari or throw out you know like anyone who's been involved in anything britney for the last 15 years is corrupt And it's like, I get how easy that is, but I've talked to people who were like a hairstylist assistant, you know, like it's, I'm in the glam world. Like I said, it's not glamorous. So it's like, you talk to these random people and the overarching theme that I heard and whether this is like from an ex, which I have talked to some of her exes, whether this is whatever, people were told that if Brittany were to come into contact with any form of drug or alcohol within 24 hours, she would be dead from an overdose. I have heard this laid out to me so many times by so many different people, people who were concerned, you know, reaching out to me, people who, you know, everyone from Sam Lufty. And um, it's just so wild to me because I remember so many people saying that. I remember seeing someone was working at Milk Makeup, the studio where she was going in to do her Britney Jean promo. And they're like, oh my God, look, Britney Spears is coming tomorrow. Look at this crazy flyer they sent out to the entire studio. And it literally was like, if you cannot sign off on this flyer, don't come to work tomorrow. And it was basically saying that you would not like communicate with Brittany or give her anything if she asks. Like you have to ignore her. And it's why. And so then I'm like, okay. And then also I had a friend who did something with her in Glam that got fired for taking a Sudafed in front of her. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? So I'm hearing these side stories and then I'm hearing just like, oh, Brittany's not happy or Brittany. And then I go see the show in Vegas and I'm like, hey, she seems really into it. And then I see it again. And I'm like, oh, she seems really not into it. You know, and I'm like, what is going on? And then when all of that went down with the second residency that was going to happen was when the Free Britney movement kind of really got into gear when, you know, the girls at the Britney's Graham podcast got the infamous anonymous um, lawyer call from some paralegal in her office saying, like, this is not good. It's really fucked up. And I don't regret a single thing about being involved in the Free Britney movement. I don't believe that. I mean, obviously, a conservatorship are meant for people in vegetative states or so incapacitated that they cannot feed themselves or clothe themselves. So I am very proud and happy and honored to be a small part of Britney's freedom and her autonomy. And just like I said at the beginning, healing is not linear. It's not linear for Britney either. She's going to have a rough go at it. I can only imagine. This doesn't mean like knowing any insight tea. It's just like, all I have to do is apply a little empathy and realize this is going to be a hard time for her. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I just made that one video and that was kind of always my plan. Like I had been tagged and stuff. People be like, talk about Britney. And like, I do pop culture commentary, but like, I'm not e-news. Like I don't need to report on every single thing. And for me, I was like, I feel like people are asking for the wrong reasons. Like they're like wanting me to be like, oh my God, Instagram, so crazy. And I'm like, fuck off. Like let her do her thing. Like why is everybody talking about this everyone's all pro mental health until like someone's going through a mental health thing and then it's like oh let's all point and laugh and I'm like it doesn't feel right and then I listened to your interview um on the publicity podcast and yes. I was like this is like tangible like you have a connection within the world of Britney that like you know you've said like you know you're not gonna like reveal it but you're like you don't have to believe me but this is my Connection. And I, you know, I was fired up because at the time Perez Hilton wanted to come out and say that Britney Spears had AIDS, and that was his was... big reveal. And oh. so when that happened, and there were rumblings, and like I said, like I'm not trying to make like free Britney seem like we're this like secret agent group of whatever, but you know we are very connected, and there are certain members of the community. I'm not saying I'm one of them, you know, but there are certain members within the community who are very trusted, and. You know, someone asked if I would kind of be the one to go on and take the, and I'm like, do I care? Absolutely not. Like, yeah. I do not care. I care about, you know, what's right, what's true. And I don't regret the words I use. Like I said, psychosis and people just don't understand things. You know, people think you say psychosis and they think oh, she's having a psychotic breakdown. And it's like, even if someone has a psychotic breakdown, you can have a psychotic breakdown. You know what I mean? Like people just don't understand things. So when I yeah. told that story about how I had been told she had decided to go off her medication. I wasn't made privy of what medication it was, but that she cold turkeyed it and that she was having a little bit of like a psychotic reaction. Of course, I just said, thinking like, you know, I'm very mental health 24-7. So I'm like, you know, it's probably my own fault for kind of like saying psychotic so casually or whatever, you know. But, but to me, that but is like, it's not casual, but also like the amount of mental health stuff I personally deal with on a daily basis, the people in my life, like it, it's not that out there. Uh, well, like, that's how I feel. I mean, like I've had breakdowns with my parents living where I've just, I mean, something snaps and I'm just like, I mean, it's illogical. It's, you know, I mean, it's mental health. It doesn't have to make sense for it to exist. And yeah. the big thing was I needed to go against Perez Hill and, and I knew that that was coming. I'd been getting these things and we've been hearing that like his big explosive thing was going to be. And also how fucking stupid, like to bring in like the AIDS, like, I mean, that's just, that's so qanon that's so homophobic. And then to assume like Britney Spears has AIDS also is implying that her boyfriend's gay for pay. You just, it's so many layers of fucked up. And that it's, it's like, like, it's like Perez Hilton attacking his own like gay community for the millionth time. And like, I don't fucking forgive or forget. I still remember when he was perpetuating all the hate towards Britney and drawing little poop things on like, I mean, he he should have just left his mouth silent during the Free Britney movement when he spoke out and said the "I'm sorry, Britney," and he should have never spoken about her again. He's but he too desperate. He's too thirsty. It's so sad. That's all he has. Yeah, he knows he's so irrelevant. Like I remember him being like doing this like fake little shaky voice. He's like, I, I have this thing to say, and I don't know if I can say it, but I'm just gonna. I don't know. And and, and it was wild that after I did that podcast, nothing ever. Like, yeah. did he ever, did he ever say what it was? And no. This thing that he was so concerned about that, you know, Britney might die and she's in danger and all this stuff from, you know, his full-blown AIDS. Britney skipped over the HIV part. No, I, he never... The obvious Republican MAGA, you know, like, the tie-in to the QAnon, being on, it just will never, 
not astound me. It's so wild. He's clearly just like trying to pay his bills, but I'm like, you're grasping at straws and like the few people that are like still listening to you and actually like going to your stupid blog. Like, well, that's the other funny thing. It's like when if Perez still thinks he has any sort of exclusive, then you know 100% it's wrong. Like, unless maybe it's like an exclusive from, I mean, he's not even friends with like, like Heidi Montag's above him now. You know what I mean? Like, they used to be kind of equals back in the mid 2000s, maybe like, but no, sorry, like you were. No, Perez he was is a- just he's he's so problematic, and not even in like the the trendy way to say problematic. Like that man was just a problem from the get go. He's rotted. Like I don't know. I don't say that very lightly, and I don't say that about a lot of people. But like the amount of harm he's done, and I just feel like a lot of the apologies he's done, I just feel them to be very like for show, and like that's how I felt at the time, and I wasn't going to say anything. But then to see him getting back into the whole like paying the flames of this like Britney just clearly like struggling I was like oh and you're still the same guy that I thought you were um and you know I'm proud to say um like Sammy who she's usually my co-host on here and also just you know Bessie she I will forever be like so proud of her for this because in university in 2007 she wrote a whole term paper about how the conservatorship against Britney is misogynistic I know. I made her dig it up. I need to just post it someday because I had talk about it. Like, I made her find it from the archives of, like, old word. Like, we had to, like, get this whole program. Like, she somehow, she's, like, very sometimes, like, psychically tapped in to, like, celebrities and just that whole world. And she was just like, no. She looked up the laws and was like, this is for people that are fully gone and you can't reverse it. Like, and I was like, how did you know that? Because we forget, like, no one was saying this then. Everyone was making memes. Everyone was making fun of her. Like, even I would be like, oh, if Britney can survive 2007, you know, we can survive this day. But it would be like a photo of her with, like, the shaved head. Like, I'm not proud of, like, you know, perpetuating that. But that's what 2007 was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just, I'm very happy about, like, people like her and people like you who have, like, just help to like be like snap out of it like well it's also it's just like we're in a society that normalizes mental health why is britney the one exception why are we keeping her in 2007 you know what i mean like can yeah. let's treat everyone we're so gracious to selena gomez or i it's so funny i don't even know what that drama is but i'm assuming we're gracious to selena gomez yeah um, yeah maybe. like well but like even just the whole people acting crazy on social media like okay so madonna's on tiktok and she does all these like pretty wackadoo like tiktoks and whatever with like filters and stuff but like everyone's like oh my god what's going on with her big conspiracy i'm like think about your relatives on facebook everyone think right now about your cousins and your aunt on facebook like is this any different no like really like just use your common sense it's not that crazy like she's just goofing around and being Society a little weirdo handle that they just cannot hand they you know she's got to be the perfected pop princess so no or she's like a lizard person like if she's <laughs> you know doing anything which i'm like well yeah it's a very crazy world out there um well jared i've kept you for a while this has been like such a lovely conversation um yes. i want to thank you for being on and i want you to well, okay, first, for anyone who's living under a rock and doesn't know where to find you, <laughs> tell people where they can find you. And also, um, I want you to plug your stuff. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Jared Lips. Um, that's where I'm mainly at, you know, doing stuff. And then 
I am a proud ambassador for be the match.org, which is a national in America donor registry for healthy people to do a cheek swab and to enter this registry um, that could potentially save blood cancer patients like myself or um, children who have, you know, rare autoimmune blood disorders. So it's basically an organization that collects um, genetic material from willing participants, the 501c3 nonprofit, not a government agency trying to get, you know, collect data or whatever. Um, they already have it from Snapchat and 23andMe anyways. <laughs> so basically, it's just something to do um, if you just feel like being, you know, like, hey, I want to join this registry. Maybe I'll get a call to save someone's life like my anonymous donor did uh, three years ago. And then I got to meet him last year and it was amazing. Maybe you just join, you do the cheek swab and they never call you. But being on that registry can make a huge impact because only 5% of Americans are on this registry. Of course, it is global. I'll let you share part of the Canadian one for any of your Canadian listeners. Um, but if you have any issues finding it from any other countries, just Google stem cell donation um, and your country and it will yeah. show up too. Um, for my Canadian listeners, um, I looked it up and it's blood.ca. That's where you can um, find out where to um, be a part of it in Canada. And I'll, I'll put all this in the show notes. Um, but Jared, thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting about a whole wild variety of different topics. Yes. And- no, it's really fun. It's very, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of bounce around and talk about all of it. And um, thanks for having me. I cannot wait for my book to get in the mail. Oh, yes. Stuff I hate journal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, thanks for being one of the early, I want to say A, B testers. No, there's no B. There's just A. There's just (laughs) the people that get the early versions. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) This podcast is produced by me, Emily Rose, hosted by the Sonar Network and edited by Solomon Krauss and Lath. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a five-star review. See you next week. Au revoir, mes amours. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.